On this episode of Red Dirt America, I talk with singer-songwriter Hayes Carl about his eighth album, You Get It All, that is dropping on October 29th. Plus, we'll talk about the pandemic and the healing power of music. We started singing Amazing Grace, and, and everybody's just looking at the tree, and we hear this voice that we didn't recognize. I pledge allegiance. I pledge allegiance. Pledge allegiance to real country music. This is Red Dirt America with Chuck Taylor. So let's get into this. Uh, first of all, thank you for, for taking the time to uh, to chat with me. That's my pleasure. So this is going to be, what, uh, the eighth album coming out, uh, if you count uh, the Alone Together sessions? Uh, yeah, eight, eight records. Man, that, it's a long time because it's a uh, uh, bad liver and a broken heart, man. You, you were this clean-cut kid when, when that album first came out. I was uh, flowers and liquor. It was yeah, it was my flowers and liquor. Record. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same same idea. My my alcohol dependency and uh, weird world weary uh, attitude <laughs> was uh, <laughs> um, on full display. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, it's funny. I have such vivid memories of of writing those songs and making that record, and uh, and here we are, uh, almost twenty years later. Um, it, it's a it's a trip. How quickly it goes by. Yeah, and, you, and you're getting ready to release, like we said, the uh, the eighth album. Uh, you get it all. Tell me a little bit about this album. Is does, is there a theme that connects everything on it? Well, I think it's uh, um, you know material wise. I think a lot of these songs have to do with relationships. Um, you know, with your with your spouse, with your uh, family, with the 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 world at large, with the planet, um, and. Uh, you know, we're all and, and and with each other. We're all we're all uh, trying to find our way. And uh, so this was a lot of these songs are about me trying to figure out how to find my own way through my marriage, through through uh, uh, dealing with uh, a lot of the things that everybody goes through in life. And then stylistically, it's sort of I, I think it's the most country record I've ever made. It, it I definitely leaned into to my roots and upbringing, um, uh, musically and, uh, uh, really just kind of unapologetically, uh, uh, went for it in a, uh, uh, in a way that I hadn't before. I always listened to country music and, 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 you know, played it on to some degree, but this was, uh, maybe the most straightforward country sounding thing I think I've ever done. Yeah, it kind of evolved from that uh, that singer songwriter thing you had. I, I noticed that when I heard you get it all, um, that it was more, and, and I'm not going to call it mainstream country, but it was more real country, if you get what I'm saying with that. Yeah, I did, a lot of these songs, you know, I I I grew up on Kenny Rogers' greatest hits. It was like like my first tape when I was seven years old, and those story songs and those hooky choruses and and um, that's one of the first things that made me fall in love uh, with music and, and wanted to be a songwriter. And, and so I lean on that and some of these things. And it's just pretty straightforward. Uh, in the meantime, uh, you get it all. Um, these are, these are, we're not reinventing the wheel, but we're trying to write true, honest songs and um, put them, put them out there in a way that that's engaging and, and feels, feels uh, real. And you talked about uh, just a little while ago about uh, dealing with, uh, you know, family and other situations. The newest song that you're, you're releasing to everybody, uh, Help Me Remember, 
this one deals with uh, going through um, Alzheimer's. Yeah, and dementia. It's, yeah, it's a song I wrote with uh, Josh Morningstar, who, who's a great singer songwriter and has written a lot of things with Cody Jenks. Um, and Josh and I met up, and I had this idea, uh, and and I'm I'm really glad I shared it with him because he helped me wrangle it, and uh, it's you know a pretty heavy topic, and was something that uh, we spent a lot of time on trying to to craft it to say exactly what we wanted it to say, and uh, I'm I'm really proud of of how it turns out. Um, we were just trying to write a song for people who you know, lose the thread to their own story. And I was just thinking about how, how difficult that is for those people. And, and then for the, the family, uh, maybe even harder on the family that has to take care of them and look after them. And, um, uh, so that was the, the, the genesis of it was thinking about that, thinking about some experiences with my own grandfather in Waco, um, and I've just been overwhelmed by the response. Like I knew, I knew this was a thing that a lot of people dealt with, but we put out the song a couple of days ago and I just, the number of texts and, and emails and, and social media messages that we've gotten of people who've lost grandparents and parents and spouses and, and siblings, uh, to this awful disease is, is just, uh, has been astounding. So, um, um, uh, I'm, I'm glad we're, uh, able to, to shed a little bit of light on it and, and, and get people some info we we've paired with the Alzheimer's association, um, to, to, to let people know there are resources out there, uh, if they need them. Yeah. And, and the timing, I don't think could have been better because, uh, they just put out, uh, a documentary on Tony Bennett too. I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, he's been going through this exact same thing. Um, as a matter of fact, he couldn't, uh, you know, he's been performing with uh, those classic songs that he used to do and introducing his music with, uh, with Lady Gaga. And there was recently, he did a, 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 a concert or something where he couldn't remember who Lady Gaga was, but the minute he started hearing those songs or they started playing the intro for his show, he remembered everything. But, yeah. But when he's, when he's not doing the music, he can't, he couldn't tell you who was who. Yeah. No, it, it's the mind is an, an, uh, an interesting thing that we still know so little about, but and music, I always go back to how powerful music is. Um, uh, you know, I've heard so many stories about people who are suffering dementia and you and you play. Uh, uh, they can't remember their own name or their partner's name or their children, but you sing a song that they knew when they were kids and and they, it comes right back to them. And and this is not entirely related uh, the same thing. It's not the same thing at all, but but it's related to that idea of music and how ingrained it is the year I was born. I had a, uh, another grandfather who had a stroke and um, uh, he lost his ability to speak. And so for my entire life, he didn't talk. I mean, he kind of, he would, he was verbal. He could make up words and you could pick out about one out of every fifth word. Um, but he was uh, not able to speak in complete sentences. And, and, and one year we were standing around the Christmas tree at Christmas time uh, on Christmas Eve, actually, and and 
we started singing Amazing Grace and and everybody's just looking at the tree and we hear this voice that we didn't recognize. And we turn around and my grandfather is singing word for word this song. Wow. And I'm probably 25 years old at this point. So for 25 years, I didn't know and nobody knew that he could sing. And he had been a singer, he'd been a ranch hand and knew all the old cowboy songs and stuff where my mom would tell me this, told me that he, they knew all this music and um but he lost his ability to talk and i guess nobody ever figured out that that he could sing and and 25 years later he just burst out into song and um it's uh it's an incredible an incredible thing so i haven't seen that tony bennett uh documentary but it doesn't surprise me to hear that i think those those songs are buried in a place that goes way deeper than a lot of the things that we learn in life they're just they're uh, I don't know what what it is or why, but I I think they're they're there long after a lot of other things disappear. Yeah, I I think you're you're onto something too with with music how powerful it is because even the stars resonate and make music. So music is truly and when people say universal, they're just saying you know they're just saying music universal. Everybody hears music, but when you really think about it, even the stars make music. So it truly is universal. Mm, yeah. So let me ask you this, is you've, you've been doing this a long time, almost 20 years. As you look back over time, if you could go back in time, change any one thing about your career, what would you change? If anything. Oh boy. <laughs> it feels, I don't feel old enough for a retrospective yet, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I wish that, uh, if I could change anything, I think I probably would try and take myself a bit less seriously. And, and, and that doesn't mean, uh, you know, I, it personally, in my personal life, I didn't take myself seriously at all. And, and, uh, uh I probably should have taken myself more seriously and, and actually treated the craft more seriously. But, uh, I think I got, uh, you know, I dealt with my own insecurities. Um, and, and I, I talked myself out of, out of pushing myself creatively. Um, you know, I'm proud of the work I've done. This is not to dis, to diss that in any way, but I think I, I let my own fears and of being judged or a fear of failure limit me in some ways from, from doing the work and, and, um, and following whatever creative ideas I might've had. And, and also just a, a general kind of, uh, I could have worked harder. Um, <laughs> so, you know, uh, and, but it is what it is and you live and learn. So these days I just try to not be, uh, afraid of, of following the muse of wherever it takes me. And, and I also try to have some respect for, for the craft and, and, and for my career and, and what I'm, what I'm creating because, um, you know, it, I'm very aware of how lucky and fortunate I am to do this for a living. And I don't want to waste my opportunities. Um, so, uh, I, I, but, you know, that's life. You learn as you go. And so I, I just, I'm, I'm happy that I've at least figured that out. And, and if you listen to what you just said, I think there's some really good advice for young songwriters coming up there. Because um, you, you could, to summarize, you could say, follow your muse and don't be afraid to, to go where it takes you, right? And put in the work. Yeah, and put in the work. Um, yeah, it's uh, um, 
you know, trying to please everybody or letting other people's expectations control what you do is going to limit you as an artist ultimately. And, and in turn, uh, you know, you may have success, but if it's on other people's terms, not your own, it, it's, it's kind of a hollow success. Um, and, uh, so that's a choice where I'll have to make, but, uh, um, but yeah, I just, uh, put your head down, do, do the work and, and, uh, see where it takes you. So the pandemic kind of, uh, really impacted songwriters. I mean, cause you're doing a thing where you get out, you tour and you're supposed to be on the road. You're supposed to be in front of people. Suddenly you can't do any of that. And everybody had to reinvent themselves. Basically you did it quite well with your alone together sessions. Um, did you learn anything about yourself during that time? Ooh, um, well, thanks. First of all, I, uh, I, I was, um, very happy that we were able to, to, to pull that off. I mean, you know, the thing I've been doing for 20 years just disappeared and like for a lot of people and, uh, we had to pivot pretty quickly and I just was so humbled by the response, um, the, the connection with the fans that we were able to make by doing those weekly shows uh, so that was really incredible to me. Uh, and what did I learn? You know, it it was it sort of relit my the fire for my love of of music. Um, and, and that may seem strange, but I, uh, you know, since since I started making records, I mostly play as a performer. I mostly play my own uh, stuff. And, but, you know, before that, I just, I, I learned every song I possibly could of other people's stuff. And that was my school was, was learning all the, all these songs and all this music and, and playing them for, uh, those were my only gigs were, you know, four hour shows doing cover songs. Right. And once I started writing my own, I did less and less of that to the point where I almost didn't play covers at all. And I, somewhere along the line, I lost that connection with that music which had at one point in my life meant everything to me. It was everything. And uh, during this pandemic and doing these shows every week, I figured people were probably sick of hearing uh, the same song uh, by the, you know, by the 50th episode. <laughs> right. Like, there's only so many times I can play Beaumont. And, <laughs> and uh, so I, I, you know, I started doing covers and, and, and pulling out these old songs that I used to know and learning some more songs that I didn't know. And, and God, it made me happy. It made me so happy. It was so much fun to to get back in there with the Prine and the Christofferson and the Johnny Cash and the Billy Joe Shaver and the Ray Wiley Hubbard and the Towns and the guy Clark and and just on and on and on. And I, you know, I, I I found that love again. Uh, I, I remembered why I got into this in the first place. And um, it, that so that was a really for me, a special thing to come out of this was to to reconnect with that passion for music, and also to uh, to get to put together a new album uh, that is coming out on October 29th. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I uh, uh, I did a lot of writing as well. So uh, during that time, and and made made a couple records. Um, one was of my older stuff, and then and then we got this new one here. Um, it's uh, all all or new original. Uh, songs. Now, who did you go into the uh, to the studio with on this one? I uh, it was co-produced by uh, Kenny Greenberg, who's uh, one of the world's uh, greatest guitar players, and uh, uh, and my wife Allison Moore. 
so the two of them uh, helmed the ship on this. Was it easier for you to have people who know you that well do the album, or or do you think it was uh, intimidating to have people who know you that well do the album? Uh, no, it's much easier for me. Um, I, you know, that's that's why I went with them. Absolutely, uh, Allison has a, a, a sort of a photographic memory with with uh, 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 records and and it's just really great at helping me sort of articulate what what I'm trying to to find sonically. I'm, I'm kind of a caveman when it comes, you know, just like more drums. And, uh, <laughs> and she's able to say, I think you mean, uh, uh, you know, this track from Sticky Fingers, The Stones. And I'm like, yes, that's that's what I'm saying. And uh, um, uh, and and, you know, she's my creative partner in a lot of ways. She co-wrote some of these songs and, and we talk art all the time. We talk making music. We talk uh, inspiration. And so she knows me in a way that that nobody else does, and and uh, is able to help me sort of articulate where what my vision is uh, in the studio. And Kenny is somebody that's worked with Allison for years, and and uh, and I've known for years, um, and just a sweet guy who's really open and incredibly talented, and and has a lot of great ideas. So uh, the 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 combination was perfect for me. Uh, and, and uh, I'm, I'm really happy with how it turned out. So let me uh, ask you a little bit uh, of, of a different question. If someone were to come up with the Hayes Carl, and this is a sandwich, and it's going to be sold at Subway, and they're going to make the Hayes Carl sandwich and make it available nationwide, what goes on the Hayes Carl? The Hayes Carl sandwich. Wow. Uh, okay. Um, let's do some bacon. Some avocado. I'm gonna go wheat wheat bread. Some kind of. I don't know. I'm just. I'm envisioning Subway here and just. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want the yeah. uh, the the cheesy garlic bread. No, no. I'm just gonna do a California club. I think that's. I think that's. Uh, uh, you know, maybe some some chicken or turkey and some avocado and bacon and cheese and uh, a little bit of lettuce and some. Uh, yeah, this is getting. Uh, I could go on and on. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know that or a grilled cheese. There you go. So it's either a California club or a grilled cheese, but that's what Hayes Carl is, is it in a sandwich? Yeah, I guess. I'd never really, uh, I'm not sure I want to put too much thought into this but, uh, <laughs> or, or and nobody read too much into it, but uh, that's what I like. So I can't really go any further than that. All right, man. I want to close out the, uh, the interview with a, one final question. What song changed your life? What song changed my life? Man, uh, I probably could make a, a list of songs that in different times did different things, but what I always think of is the Pilgrim, uh, the Chris Christopherson song. Uh, I remember exactly where I was. I remember exactly how I felt and the awe that I felt when I heard that song. And uh, it just, it lit that fire. Um, it, it sort of said everything I I thought someone could say in a song, and, and it did it perfectly. And and I knew right there that that was what I wanted to do with my life was just to, um, even if I was never able to write anything close to it, um, just to be close to music. Uh, you know, I never thought I'd be a singer songwriter or be able to do this for a living, um, but I thought 
I, you know, if I could be in the music business in some way, and if, especially if it was creative, that would be incredible. Um, because to be around um, ideas like that and art like that uh, seemed like a really uh, fantastic way to spend my life. So um, I, I would say the Pilgrim, uh, Chapter 33, uh, Chris Christopherson. So would the Hayes Carl that heard that song be proud of the Hayes Carl that you are now? Yeah, I think you would. <laughs> I think you would. <laughs> I think you would. I, I'm. Uh, uh, sometimes I have to pinch myself and and uh, without uh, where I'm at um, that I've been able to make eight records and and do some work that I'm really proud of. Um, it's uh, it's been a, a dream and and uh, so yeah, I think that kid would be really really uh, proud and and happy uh, to know this is where it ended up. Yeah, well, I, I remember uh, meeting you that very first time when uh, Ray and Corey brought you in that studio down in Corpus with the blue carpet on the walls, and I was doing interviews mm -hmm. on that day. And, uh, man, you have come a long way since then, and the music has gotten better and better every time you put out a new album. Well, I really appreciate that, brother, and it's it's nice to it's nice to know folks in the world that that uh, have have been witness to that for for um you know for that long we, it's like we talked about with help me remember it's um as time goes on there are fewer and fewer people who have have you know you've been connected with for that long in your life or who have who have seen your story and uh, i appreciate that you're one of them well i appreciate I, hey man i appreciate our friendship that we've had over the years and uh give allison my best I sure will. I sure will. Thank you, Chuck. All right. Take care. If you enjoyed this episode of Red Dirt America, make sure you like and subscribe so you won't miss any more episodes. And if you'd like to, leave a review. We'd greatly appreciate it. Thanks, and we'll see you down the road.